Welcome, everybody, to Krypton Alderaan, episode four, the podcast that would like to rule the galaxy as podcast and listener. <laughs> How's that one? Is That's that a good, good one. Is that That's a good, a good take? One. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joey. What I've been into this week. Listen, we're going to talk a lot about stuff that I'm really into this week. It's not going to be like last week where I was like, who cares about Spider-Man news or bleh. This week's episode is chock full of at least three things I care a little bit to a lot a bit about. I'm going to do less of a what I've been into and more of a yesterday was, yesterday was many things. Royce's 30th birthday, so we're all drinking coffee and water instead of beer this recording session. The sun is also up. <laughs> the sun is up. Uh, but yesterday was also Batman Day, the 80th anniversary of the first issue of Detective Comics. So what I would encourage everyone to do, everyone, is go to your local comic book store. Pick up anything about Batman. An issue I would recommend is Batman number 23, written by Tom King and art by Danny Mickey or Mikey, I'm not really sure, and David Finch. It's a fantastic issue. It's titled The Brave and the Mold, and it's a Batman Swamp Thing issue. The story's fantastic. The artwork's fantastic. Everyone should read it. It's very good. Also, go pick up any Batman book. Most of them are good. Pick up anything by Tom King, or really anybody. So that's it. That's what I've I've read it. So I'm into it, but it didn't happen this week. But anyway, there we have it. We'll go to Royce. <laughs> Woo! This is Royce, coming to you from... 30 years <laughs> In into future. existence. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of things on the list. This, Like you said, this week there was a lot of stuff announced that were like, this is cool. I'm mm -hmm. totally into this. But what I'm currently into, which actually not currently into, I had to put on hold to complete this podcast. Currently building Lego X-Wing, my new favorite birthday present. <laughs> yes, I'm 30. <laughs> It's 132 pieces. Go to your local comic book store and buy a Lego kit. <laughs> Ages four and up. <laughs> I qualify. <laughs> yeah, so Sweet. that's it. All right. Legos. Being old. Wise. Hungover. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I got the gravel in the voice today. Yeah. Robin. I'm Robin. This week I'm into giant Death Star beach balls. <laughs> Which hold up surprisingly well under the weight of uh, three to seven-year-olds bouncing all over them. It's a wise investment. Everyone go to Amazon, purchase a XXL Death Star Beach Ball. Is it an a actual Star Wars Death Star trademark? I think so, yeah. It's, it's a legit It's the Death same Star. thing as that cornhole set. Mm. Same exact brand and everything. It's legit. Definitely worth the money. Plus, it has a strobe light. That thing is pretty awesome. Definitely Fun for worth all the money. Ages. Now, <laughs> but next year, I want a Star Killer base beach ball. You have to blow this one up and then get like half of one and then blow that up, and then you can get Star Killer base. <laughs> yeah, you, you have, have to, to wait. Death Star two. You have to wait two years to get a Star Killer base because next year we got to blow this one up again. Yeah, that's Fair? what I'm into. Fair. I'm trying yeah. to think of some quotes from like the Death Star trench run. They're, they're just not coming to me right now. <laughs> Use your cover me, Porkins. Feelings, Porkins. <laughs> Remember Porkins, man? Favorite Star Wars character. Put they came right from behind. <laughs> <laughs> what a poor guy. There's a really cool t-shirt with Porkins on it. It's just a close-up of him in like the cockpit. And it literally says, cover me, Porkins. I if anyone want wants a really shirt. bad t-shirt. I do want that shirt. My birthday's next. I want it. Deal. Room. Or listeners. Deal. <laughs> or listeners. Well, now we know. <laughs> okay. And Lorelai's back. Wow. Lorelai. Traveler has yes. returned. What um, are you into? This week, well, I was just traveling and I had a lot of time on planes. One thing that I read was Home by Toni Morrison and it was really good. It was 
heart-wrenching. It was emotional. Most of her writing is. Yeah, it was. What's it about? So it is about an African-American man who has come home from war. And by come home, I mean he went home to not his real home. And it's kind of about his journey home to his sort of small town um, and finding his sister. And it's really good and really relevant. And also, obviously, Toni Morrison just died last month. So a good time to pick up a Toni Morrison book, I would say. Hmm. All right. Right on. We're all into things, turns out. Okay, so a few big things this week. Down I think. to business now. One, oh, I really, I put them in order of Wait, can level we just, of importance. We have no idea what's coming as a, as a collective group. We're flying by the seat of there our pants no, here. There are no week, show notes. <laughs> no show notes. I didn't send anybody anything about what we were going to talk about. We've hung about. out for a whole 24 hours. We have still not even discussed no. what we're going to talk about. So this entire, <laughs> you could say that this entire episode is a surprise question for the group episode. <laughs> it's called the same thing every week. So... Here we go. I put them in order of, obviously, how I'm excited about them because I didn't consult with any of you guys about it. Sure. And I really hate to do this because it made it to, like, the bottom of the excited list. But that just goes to show you how exciting the other things are. But anyway, first up is Battlestar Galactica. I should have said Downton Abbey, the movie. <laughs> I said that. $31 million opening. Huh. Who knew? You know Downton Abbey? I know of it. It's a movie now? Yeah. They made huh. a movie? Sure. Okay, so uh-huh. that's why people were posting about that. Yeah, probably. But what we're going to talk about is the Downton Abbey of Space, (laughs) Battlestar Galactica. Reboot. Third time. The original was in a limited series in 1978. It it only ran for a year, and I've seen like the first couple of episodes because it wasn't very good. Then they rebooted it in 2004, Sci-Fi Channel. That's when like Sci-Fi Channel was doing great stuff, like Battlestar Galactica. They brought back Doctor Who. Those are the really only the two things I can think of, but they were both great. Uh, Probably dog soldiers in there somewhere, which was also really good. Anyway, NBC is going to reboot Battlestar Galactica on their streaming service, Peacock. That's the name of their streaming service, Peacock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty terrible name. That's funny. Okay, so I've actually read some some different reports about this. Some most things reporting that it's going to be a reboot and some stuff saying that it's actually not really a reboot. It exists in the 2004 series, but as like a, you know, side story or an ancillary story. Uh, Sam Esmail. Anybody ever heard of this guy? Anyway, Sam Esmail, who is probably most... Uh, well-known for creating Mr. Robot. Anybody watch Mr. Robot? Anyway, people no. like it. I don't know. He created it and wrote it. So anyway, he's, people like it. he's making the new Battlestar Galactica. He's at the helm. Apparently, he was a big fan of the 2004 reboot. So who in here has seen Battlestar Galactica? Raise your hands for the, for the, for the uh, listeners. audio <laughs> medium. Everybody. I saw, we did what, like a few episodes together and that was it? So it starts with like two short movies or whatever and then you're into the actual mm-hmm. like series. And I think we watched the mini movies. Robin watched them anyway. Yeah. I've seen the whole 2004 series or whatever year it was. And then like you, a couple of the 1970s version. Yeah. Just to get a taste. And you're like, I can't get into the aesthetic. No. It's very cheesy production, you know? Yeah. Well, and uh, even the beginning, I think, of the 2004 reboot is just much more enticing. The the story that they introduce, well, the way they introduce the story and them. I think it makes a know. lot of sense now with, like, Alexa and all this stuff, you yeah. know? It's gonna- Everyone's a Cylon, you know? Alexa's a Cylon. All the Downton Abbey stars are Cylons, you know? The Queen of England. Ooh, 
Are you familiar with Battlestar Galactic at all? Not really. No. Okay. Not even familiar with it? Well, I know that it's a thing. All right. Um, Probably similar to like Royce's relationship with Down Abbey, I would say. Like I know it exists. (laughs) (laughs) That that people watch it. I love when you give reviews of other stuff and you're like, I'm not into this, but people like it. People seem (laughs) to like it. People seem to like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I haven't seen a single episode or a mini movie or any of the reboots. So hmm. maybe this was the one. Maybe. They did some spinoffs in the past that, that didn't really pan out. I can't remember if they were real, well received or not, but I remember watching them and not really being that. Like Caprica was a... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole other show. Right. I think it was a prequel, right? It was about... That was beforehand, I think. Yes, that is what yeah. prequel. That's it. <laughs> we need more coffee in here. Um, yeah, is there a, um, no, there's no real question. question. Are we excited? Like, uh, not, not. I'm definitely excited, dude. I love, I love it's that great, other series. But now it's another streaming service that we're gonna have to subscribe. Yeah, to. I'm not okay with that. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think NBC's streaming service. I don't think uh, Battlestar Galactica is enough to get me into NBC's streaming service. That's pretty big play, though, for like people that were hardcore about that series. Yeah, because just like Star Wars, like. If you want Star Wars, you have to get Disney Plus, you know? Yeah, but there's so Deal. many, like we've talked about, there's so much on Disney Plus. Yeah. It's just worth it, you know? And then we'll see the, how the reviews are. Is the way it's going to work is then that like NBC pulls all of their shows off of like Netflix and Hulu. Probably. So, yeah. People who are into other NBC shows. Which uh, are what? There's definitely a lot of shows moving around. I meant to mention this. We're moving The Office to here yeah. and yeah. this to that and like hundreds of millions of dollars for like episodes or whatever mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Netflix is just going to have to keep pumping out original content. Dude, it's going to be like the Cola Wars, but it's not going to be about. Soda. It'll be about. Maybe it'll be about soda. Streaming services. Who knows? Streaming. Streaming. Soda. Works. We have a soda stream. Hmm. I loved Battlestar Galactica. It's a funny universe. Reboot. It's. It was. It was it season three. It was not that great. Where they're on the planet. They mm. like they're on that crummy planet. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, Edward James Olmos's son gets fat because yeah, he's that's not an doing anything. And, yeah. Yeah. Also, we just watched a movie with Edward James Olmos in it. He plays a homeless person that dies next to a river. The movie is about a dog that gets lost and finds her way back home and befriends oh, a mountain lion. it was truly a terrible movie. Yes, really terrible. Anyway, so it's a shame to see him fall that far, but... Dude, if anyone hasn't seen Battlestar, though, at least YouTube the scene where he's giving the speech about... Looking for Earth. Oh, yeah. If you're not familiar with it, the series is... Guess we should have explained yeah. the premise of the show. <laughs> we'll just cut this in. <laughs> but towards the beginning. So, so what there's... is Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica even about, Joey? Great. That's the question for the group. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the ship they're escaping on, right? The Battlestar Galactica is an old ship, but it's like crummy technology, so it can like get away from... The AI, right? They, they don't get like Yeah, it's hacked. like an analog ship. The entire civilization gets hacked by evil robots, the Cylons. And then they're going to run away from the Cylons. Because the Cylons have destroyed... Everything. The planets, but maybe they didn't destroy... I can't really remember they, like, if they actually destroyed the planet or not. Because there's scenes where there's still well, Cylons like, on the planet. They're like uninhabitable though or whatever. They're like right. Nuclear but then waste zones. people are like, maybe I bet it's still habitable. Because then yeah. don't they go? Anyway, continue with your description of the show. A group of humans are escaping in the Battlestar Galactica and several other, like, rebel ships. <laughs> and there's a great scene where Edwards James Olmos, is that uh-huh. his name? Edward and James Olmos, yeah. So he's he's the commander or whatever of the, of the ship, and everyone's like, what are we going to do? Like, humanity is just, like, obliterated. And he's, like, pumping everybody up. Like, all hope is lost. You're living on a spaceship now. Mm-hmm. And he's like... 
I have our most guarded secret. You got to look it up on YouTube. I'm not going to do it justice. <laughs> and he's like, Earth points up into the air. And everyone's like, yeah. Earth is like a legend. Yeah. You know? And that's going to be their like safe haven. Yeah. And to be clear, they're not Earth. fleeing Earth. Ah. Earth is, yeah, Earth is this legendary home world, humanity home world that no one knows where it is, apparently except Edward James almost. And he's trying to get them there because it's like maybe a safe haven. And the robots look like people, like there's doppelgangers. So the entire series is like, well, is this person a Cylon or is this person a Cylon or is everyone a Cylon? There's a lot of good stuff in there. But if you're not going to watch the whole series, watch that scene that I just described. Yeah, pull up some, pull up the clip. And what else? I was going to say something else about it. Oh, I was going to say female president. Yeah. So before it's time. Very progressive uh, TV show in 2004. I actually don't know if the 78 version had anything like that. Anyway. On to the next thing. Perfect. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> so next on the list is we talked about it last week. We said we'd pick back up on it this week after we watched it. So let's break down in excruciating detail every single moment of the Battle at Big Rock. I take it you liked it? Yeah, I liked it. It's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and a half. That's probably a good good way to put it. Yeah. Exactly what we said last week. It should have just been the end credit scene to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, it's a bit more detached time-wise than I thought it was going to be. Right. Actually, because it opens up with... You're, you're hearing all the news reports, right? Which is something that I love from, like, the horror genre. There's, like, an apocalypse of some sort, and it, the movie opens with you just hearing, like, news reports of everything, which I really dig. We get into it that way, whereas I thought it would might have just been, like, sort of directly after she lets the dinosaurs loose at the end of Fallen Kingdom. I guess we can describe it up top, unlike I did with Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> right? So the premise is that it takes place... A little while after the end of Fallen Kingdom, and there's this family camping. Their camping trip gets interrupted by dinosaurs. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, Yeah. the end. So with supporting characters such as Taurosaurus. Were those Taurosauruses? I'm a pretty big dinosaur nerd. Anyway, some kind of Ceratopsian dinosaurs. Mom, dad, baby. And then an Allosaurus comes in and and tries to stir things up, eat the baby, you know? The CG... (laughs) (laughs) And then so... The dinosaurs get away, but then there's a human baby, and the human baby starts to cry, and the Allosaurus goes after the human baby, and it's a pretty good series of a dinosaur ripping open a camper. And then a little girl shoots it in the eye with a crossbow. I yada, yada, yada did a bit there, but man, when she's standing up with that crossbow in her hand, I was like, this is better than the movie was. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah. And it, well, because it was concise, you know? There's no time to dilly-dally. Yeah. This is the story. This is how it happens. And that poor dinosaur is now walking around the woods with an arrow in its eye. Ugh. I'd like to see that Allosaurus pop up in the sequ- in the next Just movie. in the background? Yeah. Just be like, ah, oh, that's the one from... Yeah. <laughs> From that short. Was there a... No, we're going to get to Fallen Kingdom 2 or Jurassic World 3, and we're going to be like, was there a thing in between these two? We're going to forget about it, but anyway. How'd you guys like it? What did you think? Eight minutes long was perfect. Just little thing, little teaser. Yeah. I think it was better than a trailer, and I think it was... or You know what I mean? If they're trying to promote mm-hmm. Jurassic World 3 or whatever. Good promotional content. Super cool way to promote your movie to just release a scene from it. Like trailers, a bunch of out of context scenes. It's like BS. It's not real. You know, mm-hmm. could totally infer something else. <coughs> Rogue one. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was great. And like better than the other two 
Jurassic Worlds, in my opinion. Yeah. Just because it was so no no BS. Anyway, somebody else on the panel is shaking their head. <laughs> we are raising hands and shaking heads this episode. <laughs> um, I did not like it. I thought if it was, like you said, like an end credit scene, that would have been awesome and I would have really loved it. I would have been like, oh, cool. They gave you like a little sneak peek of like how the world is now, like, mm-hmm. you know, with all the dinosaurs everywhere. But as like a standalone thing, I didn't really think it was exciting enough and I thought it was a little pandering. Like, oh, look, there's four. Four dinosaurs and the ah with the crossbow. Yeah. All right. So like a little too much sort of spotlight for what it was is what you're saying. Yeah. If it was an end credit scene, I think it would have been perfect or even like a scene in if that's how like the next movie started, I Uh think it would be perfect. But it's just like a standalone thing. It wasn't really cool enough, in my opinion. It, (laughs) It didn't there. It didn't really excite me enough. There was a lot of things where I was like, oh, Oh, there's arrows. Oh, that's the little girl with the crossbow. Like, it was a little too predictable. Yeah. Uh, I loved that scene. (laughs) But okay, I understand. Yeah, it's like you can have sort of these extra bits, but you put this much spotlight on it, and it's made by the director of the movies, and it's just kind of like too much spotlight for what it is. It would be a great first scene, though. Yeah. If If it just cold opened into that, and then it was like, Jurassic World. Yeah, if that, da, 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 if that was the beginning da, da, da. of the next movie or the <laughs> end credit for the last one, it would have been perfect and I would have loved it. Yeah. But just on its own, it wasn't enough of a thing. Mm-hmm. It felt a little too pandering. Like, you guys want dinosaurs? There's four dinosaurs. I feel I feel you looking at me. And yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I want. <laughs> four dinosaurs. There uh, were enough if- dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Lorelai? Um, I kind of liked the whole premise which is that there are dinosaurs loose in the world mm-hmm. and people are still going camping yeah why, are you doing that? why would you be going camping so, and like the news Build stories a fence. i know the yeah. news well, stories no, they said that they're like, like they don't come up this close yeah or whatever. Or they're like One not this far one. north or whatever yeah. or something and change, they migrate man. south yeah. in the i know it's like kind <laughs> of ridiculous that i mean the i feel like in the real world, if there were dinosaurs loose, it'd be like, everybody stay in your home and never leave. And yeah, it's like all those news stories are like people at like, out like in the world getting attacked by dinosaurs because no one has thought to like not go outside. Um, so I just thought it was kind of funny. It's like an alternate reality where people are not afraid of dinosaurs and then getting eaten by them all the time. Yeah, well, I, it becomes the society is yeah. desensitized to, because you have these theme parks yeah. and you go to and it's all sort of controlled until it's not. And yeah. That's sort of the point. But like in, in the Lost World, people vacation to this island and the little girl gets eaten by the little dinosaurs. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just sort of the norm and everyone's desensitized because it's it's become a thing. Since John Hammond tried to open up the first one, people are just like, well, dinosaurs exist. Maybe that's what Ian Malcolm is trying to say in Fallen Kingdom. Boy, talk about pandering. Jesus. Yes. Anyway, uh, so I enjoyed it. A um, couple things that now I can, I had some point. I should just write stuff down. Not this episode. I think of it. Not this episode. Uh, I'm not even going to cut some this points part out. That I can't remember. Um, <laughs> one of them, one of my points was we talked about last week, I think you said reportedly like no budget. Apart from there being dinosaurs on like television, uh, you could tell that the CGI was a little. Maybe that's like, why it was all sort at night of lacking. And, like, yeah, very dark. It's, it's like very dark. You easier can't to really render. see the dinosaurs yeah. that well. <laughs> oh, when the Allosaurus is going through the. It's just sort of very wonky when the Allosaurus is going through the RV. and I didn't look that closely, but yeah. I'm sure that's probably It doesn't look true. great, but it's TV. I don't know. My other point was going to be, if we remember this, when 
the Matrix movies were coming out, they released the Animatrix, and it was just a series of shorts that sort of uh, alluded to different points of the story, or there were there was one about the human-robot wars that led to the Matrix. And I wouldn't be against them doing something like that with, like this being the start of them doing something like that with the Jurassic World movies. Some of the Animatrix was animated, you know, and well, I guess all of it was, but at different level, like different degrees of animation. But if they just sort of made a series of things like that for Jurassic World, like you could have this one, but then maybe like do some animated ones and just have sort of a a gap filler or like different stories from different people. Sure. Yeah, it could jump um, around. Yeah. I think that would be super interesting and, you know, could just sort of fill in the gaps and might be a little bit more fun than the movies so far. But I'm down with yeah. that. I would Only rather have like a, a weekly it. Jurassic Park event. Yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't? Robin. That too. Ha. <laughs> 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 um, it's interesting. I haven't looked up any of the reviews. Like, I haven't looked up any reviews to see what people are, are saying about it. I don't it. think you, like, you can maybe not like it, but come on. Yeah, it's just come on. sort of dinosaurs. Eight mm-hmm. minutes. Anyway. Not to the next thing! All right. <laughs> so people are going to start thinking that that's just a clip because you say it the same way each time. It's a good transition. <laughs> so I probably shouldn't have saved this for last because I think I'm going to be the only one to have the most to say about it. But anyway, if you've been keeping up with what's called the Arrowverse, anybody? The Arrowverse? <laughs> Arrow. The Flash. Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, the CW superhero shows, DC's, you know, entourage of superheroes. Every year they have crossover episodes that involve all the shows. And so episode one will be Arrow and two will be The Flash, but but it'll be the same storyline dispersed over several, like a big television event. And so they've done some different comic book storylines, blah, 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 this year. They're doing one of the greatest and probably the pinnacle comic book event, DC's comic book event, Crisis on Infinite Earths. And they've been announcing casting for it, bringing all these different superheroes and people who have played different superheroes into this television event. So, for example, last year's crossover, which introduced this, we had the the actor who played Barry Allen in The Flash from the 90s play The Flash from a different universe on The Flash TV show, which was amazing. They also sort of introduced the Smallville universe in that episode. And so they've announced with Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, this crossover, they've announced that Brandon Routh will be reprising his role as Superman. Maybe not necessarily the Superman he played in the movie, Superman Returns, but another comic book iteration, Kingdom Come Superman. He's older. Kingdom Come's a story from the future. Superman's older. So he'll be playing that. You're going to have the guy from Supergirl playing Superman like he always does. But this week... It was finally announced that the (laughs) most exciting piece of news is, are you ready? We'll reveal it after (laughs) these commercial messages. Tom Welling (laughs) is coming back as TV's Smallville's Superman. (laughs) Everyone react. Standing (laughs) ovation. (laughs) What an amazing, so they've like, they've. (laughs) <laughs> they tricked me into thinking this wasn't going to happen because everyone from Smallville was like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. But Tom Welling and Erica Durance, who played Lois Lane, who's the greatest cast Lois Lane that's ever been, they're both coming back to be part of this crossover. So regardless of the fact that we're going to get three or more on-screen Superman personalities, Tom Welling. So I grew up with like, okay, 
Grew up with Smallville, big part of my life for 10 years. Loved that show. You know, you just got to get into it a Smallville, little bit before it Smallville, the Superman. The Superman prequel, right. It goes through... It. Young Superman. It goes through Clark Kent's life growing up on the Kent farm and coming into his powers from a freshman in high school to Daily Planet mild manner reporter. And the early episodes focus on him learning about his origin, coming into his powers, learning how to control his powers. And then the later episodes, he you know, becomes more of a hero and we they meet cast Lois it perfectly. Lane. They cast it It's just a perfectly cast show overall. The Kents are perfect. Tom Welling's a perfect Clark Kent Superman. Erica Durant is the perfect Lois Lane. Michael Rosenbaum is the perfect Lex Luthor. Everyone cast on that show. I can't remember the guy's name who played Green Arrow, but he was perfect. Everyone on that show is amazingly cast. Um, Chloe Sullivan is in a cult now, but... Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you'd bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> Your right. other so favorite She's thing actually to talk behind about. bars, but... <laughs> Cults. Yeah. Cults, yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, what are you going to do? Uh, it's a perfectly cast show. I really love the show. It's very near and dear to my heart, and it's the most exciting piece of news ever to happen to anyone ever. Anyway. <laughs> I'm pretty sure um, you and I binged the entire series through our college career. We sure did. And you were like, perfect. you have to watch all of these. Yep. And it was perfect because it ended while we were still at, like, the series finale ended while we were still in college, so. Yeah, yeah. We got to catch up and then watch that, (laughs) and it was, I really like that series finale. I really, really do. I also grew up with that show that was, like, we watched it as a family, and it was the first time, it was on at, like, 8 p.m., and so my dad was like, okay, we're going to watch it, but you have to go to bed right when it's over. (laughs) So it was, like, a big deal for us, and I also watched, I mean, all of it. It was so great. So I'm also excited. Mm-hmm. Sweet. I'm not quite caught up on the Flash yet, or the I mean the the modern Arrowverse. Yeah. So what we have to do is catch up on the Flash, and I think some of Arrow. Maybe not. I mean, Arrow goes up and down for me. But also, we'll just have to read Kingdom Come. How do you feel about that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Did you watch Smallville growing up, Robin? Yeah, I don't think I ever finished it. I think it was in like, there were 10 seasons. Yeah. I think I was probably like season eight or season nine and like just stopped watching it for some reason. But I watched the first eight or nine seasons. Uh, I think season eight is my favorite season. Season eight is the doomsday season with Davis. Was his name Davis? The guy who plays an EMT, but he's he's got, you know, he's got a little doomsday in him. Right. Yeah. I loved that season so much. Was that Starkiller? Yes. Yep. That was Starkiller. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was a big part of our college in those hmm. two respects. That guy's got a lot of good nerd cred on yeah, his uh, he IMDb. sure does. Yep. Oh, I loved season eight. All right. What about you? We know you watched huh. it. Did you like it? Yeah. I like it. Tom Welling's awesome, man. Yeah. That dude, great Superman, super hot. Bring him back <laughs> with all the other Lois Lane, whatever. Brandon Routh or Brandon Roth, whatever yeah. his name is. Superman, you guys, he played Superman in Superman Returns. The terrible 2005 or 2006 Superman movie. Yeah, this sounds like an awesome spectacle get-together. Yeah, I really, I'm very excited. Like I said, Tom Welling and I think Michael Rosenbaum were both asked about it and said that it wasn't going to happen. So they, I thought they that really, article said Lois Lane only, and I was like, why would you have Lois Lane and not? No, there's. I think both were announced this week, got which it. is amazing. The deal is, I'm glad you got to season eight. Robin, but you really like anyone out there listening who's interested, you have, you have to get past <laughs> season four. From my recollection, it stops becoming villainy of the week after season four. When does he discover the caves? That's like season two. Because they introduce that, but they don't really like dive deep or whatever. They do a deep dive into the cave stuff. It goes, the caves are a part of it until like almost the very end, pretty much. 
like the caves are still a part of it in like season five or six. Right. I need a like um, season one in five minutes. I, I need I'm a, sure it's out there. Yeah. Or we could talk about it right here, right now. <laughs> uh, season four, there's another meteor shower. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into it. Krypton blows up. Superman, in the, in the Smallville TV show, Superman crash lands in Smallville in 1989. So there's a meteor shower in 1989. It brings Superman's ship. It also brings all the kryptonite. So from like seasons one to four, it's kryptonite giving humans powers and them being right. bad guys. Right, right. And so he's fighting them every week or whatever, with like some exceptions. That's and a very season comic-y four, book thing to happen. Yeah, exactly. See, and he's discovering different kryptonites along the way. Red K makes him evil. Oh, blah, no. Blah, blah. Yeah, that, that's very like Spider-Man 3, you yeah, know? yeah. yeah. Season four, there's a second meteor shower, and it brings some new villains. General Zod becomes a big thing, and then we start to get into Kryptonian villains, the Phantom Zone, Doomsday. General Zod is season nine. It's the big bad of the season nine. And then Darkseid is the big bad of season 10. And yeah, I don't know why I was just given a breakdown of it, other than I love that show so much. I'm so excited for Tom Welling to come back. Also, there's some great, there's a great episode written by Jeff Johns. If anyone just wants to get a feel of how good the show is, go watch the episode called Justice, I think, by Jeff Johns. It's in season nine, maybe. But it's, it is a Justice League episode. Eventually it becomes a team show because the arrows on it every, or Green Arrow's on it every week. You have Superman and Green Arrow and the Flash and Hawkman's a big part of it for a long time. And you just get the Justice League. Dr. Fate, ah, it's such a great show. They sort of touch on a legacy. You could see a painting in the show that has the past Justice League members. And it's a really great episode by Jeff Johns, who is one of the greatest comic book creators out there. So... Uh, one of Lorelai's old roommates is his cousin. Is his cousin. <laughs> and he told me like the, the day, day before, before he was out, leaving and Joey for was like, across How could the country. You keep this from me? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have some books I could have sent you. Just get the guy <laughs> like at the next family event, have him sign my books. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. Who else is excited? Show of hands. Oh, everyone raise their hands, everybody. <laughs> Would you tune into this? Based on my level of excitement at this point. Yeah. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. Crisis on Infinite Earths is a very, I don't want to get too much into the comic bookiness of it, I guess, but it's a very multiverse heavy episodes. Obviously, there's Superman coming from different versions of reality and they're all, they all have to bring together a giant Justice League team to stop this threat. Superman's 30th birthday party. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, good. Let's all tune in. Very excited. December, by the way. That's like sooner. It's it much sooner than all of the like, other things I talk in about. In three like, years, yeah. we'll be able to watch this. She Hulk comes out in 2022. How do you feel about it now? <laughs> when does Battlestar come out? Oh, God. 2027. I don't know. So Peacock launches in April of 2020. What I'm reading right now, I think, is suggesting that Battlestar Galactica will either drop then or soon after. It's unclear, I guess, to me if they have filmed this or if any production has is underway with with this Battlestar Galactica reboot. Okay, so we talked a lot about Smallville. I've been talking a lot about Smallville since I found out this news and I probably will continue to talk a lot about Smallville. And it got me thinking like I love nostalgia and all of these things have influenced my history and I just love them so much and I hold them near and dear. And last week we were talking about the 90s cartoons 
like the X-Men cartoon, which mm-hmm. I love and could go back to, and the Spider-Man cartoon, which has, I didn't, I don't think I said it last week, but the best Venom interpretation on screen is obviously from the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. The Superman cartoon was fine. This is the thing, the biggest thing about the Superman, the 90s Superman cartoon is that like in one episode, he'd be able to lift a building and the next episode he'd be, have trouble like lifting a car. <laughs> the Justice League animated series was really good. And of course, Batman the animated series is probably just the pinnacle of 90s cartoons. Uh, and they're all great and they've all influenced what I love and what I continue to love and what I continue to talk about on this podcast and outside of this room. So it got me thinking about the question, what do we all have that's like that? What's the stuff that we either love nostalgia-wise from our childhood or something that we can point to and be like, yeah, that really influenced what I like today. Show of hands, who wants to start? Mm. No one's raising their hands, mm. folks. Does that's it have it. to be too... Well, I guess no, I'll it start. Could be anything. I'll start. You could pick books. Um, is it books? Are you going to say books? <laughs> Just books. <laughs> books in general. I definitely also have like certain TV shows that are really nostalgic for me and that I rewatch every once in a while just as like a comfort mm-hmm. sort of thing. So like Gilmore Girls is an example of a show that I rewatch every few years that just like makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. But also books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that really what you were going to go with, Gilmore Girls? Yeah. Okay. The correct answer was cartoons. I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> Next well, contestant. Just kidding. That's cartoons. <laughs> so. Never? No. I mean, like maybe some SpongeBob. Wow. We what didn't a revelation. Have, we didn't have cable TV. So, so you didn't just like you. color on some papers and flip them? <laughs> no. It counts. <laughs> nope. Robin. If I were going with TV, I would go with um, Friends, which I know not everyone here likes. Mm-hmm. Royce. Seinfeld. Joey. No. Because uh, I remember We're going to wa- do an episode, I think. I remember <laughs> watching like the pilot with my mom in like 1994. Mm-hmm. So that's like a super nostalgic thing. And anytime, like, you know, a couple years ago when I did have cable, anytime it was on, it was one of those things where I was like, I am going to stop what I'm doing and put this on and I'm going to sit down and watch it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things where anytime anyone can make a reference, like I've seen it so many times that same thing as like Gilmore Girls, like it's a comfort thing. So I like watching it and it reminds me of being a little kid and watching TV with my mom. Nice. Uh, is it on to me? Yeah. They're on to me. <laughs> <laughs> so you think Star Wars would be an obvious one. Like you went comic book, you know? Yeah. Simpsons. Yeah, man. Thousand percent. When we catch an episode now, it's like, that's my life. You can directly see where I have some sort of mannerism or whatever. It's just pulled right from Robin the Simpsons. Robin is nodding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or just like my entire family. Because we all watched it. My dad would tape them mm-hmm. and rewatch it a billion times. So raised wholeheartedly on a healthy diet of Simpsons, Simpsons, Simpsons. And uh, not into like the new ones as much. But when you see those old ones, you're like, yeah, man. Well, it's also funny to watch those with you because almost everything every character does, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's where you get that from, huh? That's why you do that thing. Not even like quotes, just like, like you said, like mannerisms and stuff or just like weird, quirky things. Yeah, like, they're definitely over. So yeah, like comic book guy. Yeah. That's crazy with a TV show, especially a cartoon. You watch so much of it that you're like emulating you are cartoon the characters. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It, I love watching it as an adult though and being like, I saw this as a kid and you didn't get like a certain percentage of the jokes and then you see it in a different light now or whatever or you understand some reference to something else or you relate more to Homer. 
then you know what I mean? Yeah, because I, I drink a lot of beer now. <laughs> <laughs> More beer than I drank then. Hook it to my vein. <laughs> That's Barney, though. Yeah. Still, anyway. Yeah, man, Sunday nights, right? Dude, Sunday yes. Nights. No, thank you for saying that because I never imagined a time in my life where I wouldn't see The Simpsons on a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's what Sunday nights are for. TGIF was a thing. I'm going to give an honorable mention because you reminded me with The Simpsons. Uh, dinosaurs. Oh, that was such a good show. Yeah, that was just, as a kid who just loved the shit out of dinosaurs to now as an adult who loves the shit out of dinosaurs, <laughs> that show was so good. Is that the, uh, I'm the baby guy, yeah, love me? Yeah, it's the Jim Henson, yeah, yep. So good. All right, that's the end of the show. Thanks for <laughs> listening this far. Yeah, please, if anyone is out there listening that isn't us, <laughs> thank you for listening and uh, tell a friend, you know, or an enemy. Tell anyone, <laughs> shout it from the roof. If you want to get in touch with us, we are at Krypton to Alderon at gmail.com. Twitter at Krypton Alderon, A L D E R A A N. Do we need a jingle <laughs> to spell it? Two A's in Alderon. A L D E R A A N. I've been Joey. <laughs> I've been Royce. I've been Robin. I've been Lorelai. And we've been Krypton to Alderaan. A-A-N. <laughs> <laughs>